Good afternoon. I want to uh, welcome everyone to our, our first Ash Wednesday service. I'm, I'm glad the snow has at least semi-cooperated with us. As we enter into this special service, I want us to hear the words from Psalm 32. It says, Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silent, my, ha my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the, guilty, the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you as at a time of distress. The rush of mighty water shall not reach them. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad, uh, with glad cries of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be like a horse or a mule without understanding, whose temper must be curbed with bit and bridle, else it will not stay near you. Many are the torments of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Let us pray. Lord, hear our prayer. Listen to our cries for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to our relief. Do not bring, into, bring us into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. Our spirit grows faint within us. Our hearts are dismayed. You spread out your hands to, we spread out our hands to you. We thirst for you like a parched land. Answer us quickly, Lord. Do not hide your face from us. Show us the way we should go. Teach us to do your will, for you are our God. We are your servants. Amen. We have a responsive reading, and if you would like, you can turn into the hymn book to page 342 to uh, follow along, and I will also have it up here on the screen. The bold section is for you to respond with. The responsive reading of repentance on page 342. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant a willing spirit to sustain me. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, 
and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, turn away from all your offenses, get a new heart and a new spirit. The promise is for you and your children. In the book of Amos, chapter 5, 6 through 15, it says, Seek the Lord and live, or he will break out against the house of Joseph like fire, and it will devour Bethel with no one to quench it. Ah, you that turn justice to wormwood and bring righteousness to the ground, the one who made the Pleiades and Orions and turns deep darkness into the morning and darkens the day into night who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the surface of the earth. The Lord is his name, who makes destruction flash out against the strong so that the destruction comes upon the fortress. They hate the one who reproves in the gate, and they abhor the one who speaks the truth. Therefore, because you trample on the poor and take, them, take from them levies of grain, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall not live in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine. For I know how many are your transgressions and how great are your sins. You who afflict the righteous, who take a bribe and punish aside and push aside the needy in the gate. Therefore, the prudent will keep silent in such a time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you. Just as you have said, hate evil and love good and establish justice in the gate, it may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. At this time, we will have a couple of songs. Remain seated. You may sing to them if you desire, or you may simply absorb the words that are sung.
in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us set aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart in your struggle against sin. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as children. My child, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord or lose heart when you are punished by him. For the Lord disciplines those whom he loves and chastises every child whom he accepts. Endure trials for the sake of discipline. God is treating you as, a ch as his children. For what child is there whom a parent does not discipline. If you do not have that discipline in which all children share, then you are illegitimate and are not his children. Moreover, we had human parents to discipline us, and we respected them. Should we not even more willingly be to subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they discipline us for a short time, as seems best to them, but he disciplines us for our good in order that we may share his holiness. Now, discipline always seems painful rather than pleasant at the time, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with everyone and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. The next song, I Surrender All, page 486.
Please turn with me to Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, as we read from the gospel today. One of the many parables that Jesus taught during his ministry, one that challenged many and took the preconceived notions and flipped them on their heads. If you are able, I ask that you please stand for the reading today in Luke 18. 9 through 14. It says, A certain ruler, uh, um, sorry, uh, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all, um, of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. Together we say, thanks be to God. You may be seated. 
As we usher in the season of Lent, we take this very special day to remember a key component about ourselves. Every single one of us have sinned. And because of that, we deserve the punishment of death. So much of our worship throughout the year is the celebration of the grace and the mercy and the compassion and goodness and love of God. And yet we cannot forget that by which we have been saved. The danger we face in our lives and in the life of the church is to take all of the good without any reverence or regard to the sin and the evil that we have committed. And that is why Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent is so important for us. It gives us 40 days minus the Sundays so that we can reflect, we can pour out our hearts, we can put ourselves in a place of humility and reverence to God to realize our humanity in comparison to God's holiness so that he can shine the light into us and help continue to refine us from the sinfulness that has corrupted our bodies. The passage we read here in Luke is one of warning, and that is all too important for us to hear today. We live in a culture that is obsessed and consumed with this idea of one-upmanship. Phone companies try to make the better product. Year after year, they add feature after feature to draw people in to prove that they are superior. One fast food chain creates a plant-based burger, and then the next one has to create a plant-based menu altogether. We are constantly at war with trying to be better than everyone else, more perfect, more powerful, more intelligent. And that leads us to even do things as slander and bring down those who are our competitors, those who would be different from us. We speak poorly about them. With that constant race to be bigger and better, we also feed the insatiable appetite of greed. And we become consumed with what we desire. The reality of all this is that God does not care about what we can achieve. He does not care about how good we can be or how better we can be than another person. Since we have all sinned, we all equally deserve the punishment of death. No matter how much better we think we are compared to our competition. Within this story, we had two men. The Pharisee who came to worship God with his head held high, his chest puffed out, his heart full of pride at the things that he had done. And we had a tax collector barely make it into the court, head held low out of fear and reverence to the God that he understood who was so much greater than himself. The Pharisee thanked God for all the blessings. The tax collector beat his breast over his sin. The Pharisee looked down on those who could not get their lives together. The tax collector just pleaded before God for mercy. And yet Jesus tells us that only 
one, the tax collector, left that worship place right with God. So, as we continue into this day, and as we begin the season of Lent, let us place ourselves in the same posture as that as the tax collector. Again, as Christians, we have so much to celebrate, but now is not the time to do that. For if we forget what our lives were like before Christ, we will eventually enter into the same kind of worship posture as that of the Pharisee, where we are constantly reminding ourselves of what we have done and how we are great and how we live our lives in a way that honors God, and yet our hearts will be turned against those who are suffering, those who are in need. It is imperative that we humble our hearts and remember that even in our state of salvation, we will still struggle with sin. We will still battle it every single day. The temptation to do what is in our human nature because we are not perfect yet. So, we do these actions during the season of Lent, things that are not typically done throughout the rest of the season to help us humble ourselves before God, to reflect upon these things. The first of which is that we fast. We humble ourselves by fasting because it is one way to remind our bodies of which we truly stand in need of. Traditionally, fasting has always been about giving up food so that our bodies are reminded of the hunger and the fact that, yes, while food is necessary, there is something even more that is needed within our lives. Jesus, when he was in the desert for 40 days fasting, the first temptation he came across was turning rocks into bread. And he says, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word from the mouth of God. Today, our lives are filled with even more pleasures and even more ways to busy ourselves, to consume ourselves, to take our minds off from the pressures, the stress, the reality of which we live. No longer is it just the fact that we need food. There are those who say that they need social media. They need to watch this TV show. They need to have their cell phone. So during this season, we fast from the things that we think we need so that we understand truly the one thing we need, which is God alone. The second way we humble ourselves is by the imposition of ashes. This act of placing a cross either on your forehead or on your hand is one that is a remembrance of one simple truth. We will die. Our bodies are made from dust and ash. And there will be a day where it will return to dust and to ash. For those who come forward and receive the ashes later on, I will say ashes to ashes, then dust to dust, a phrase commonly used for when we lay a body to rest in a graveyard. 
it is a remembrance that we, apart from Christ, will only be ash and dust. Because when God first made Adam, he formed him out of the dust of the earth. And he was nothing until God breathed his breath of life into Adam. And only that breath of life is what sustained Adam. And his breath of life is the only thing that sustains us, that brings us life. And so we remember that the truth that he also spoke to Adam, that the day you surely eat of the tree, you will die, holds true. And so we allow our hearts to be reminded of our frailty, of our humanity. The final action is that of communion, one that we do celebrate throughout the year, one that we hold to certain importance. We treat it as a sacrament, something that is a pillar of our faith. And yet during this season, it becomes something even more special, something even more sacred. You see, apart from today, we will not receive communion until the Last Supper and so we allow this to sit and to be a remembrance of our unity in Christ and how he was not content for us to simply die. He was not simply content with us to live in our sin and face the punishment of death, and yet so he comes and brings his only son to die for us so that we can enter back into the unity with him. It is a special time that we remember the unity of the body, the unity that was broken in sin but made right on the cross. And we allow ourselves to sit, not consuming of these elements, to remember that when we were still sinners, there was no unity with God, but enemies with God. So as we prepare to partake of these last two actions, and as you think about that which you will surrender to God so that you can fill your time with things that are of more importance, prayer, fellowship, silence, reading of God's Word, these elements that draw us closer to the one true need. I want us to take that posture of the tax collector. We must humble ourselves and beat our breasts before God over the lives that we have lived. We are only made good because of the goodness of God himself. And by retaining this posture of humility, we are in a better position to love our neighbors, to show grace and mercy to those who are different from us. And only by entering into this time of reflection and humility will our hearts be tuned to the call of God so that we can reach out to the least of these, the broken, the downtrodden, the outcasts and misfits. I remind us that we are a church made up of broken people, 
And so let us continue to reach those who are broken. For those who would like, as you prepare your heart, you can come forward and receive the imposition of ashes. It is not necessary, it is not mandatory, but for only those who would like them, you can either hold your hand out to me and I'll put it on your hand or I'll place it on your forehead and then we'll return to our seats. as we also celebrate our unity through communion, I, I ask that you prepare your heart to not hastily come forward to receive the elements, but to make sure that you have truly entered into this posture of repentance and reflection. When you receive the elements, return to your seats and wait as we take them all together.
Let us pray. As we bend our hearts before you, O Lord, in reverence of your holiness, may we allow your spirit to work within our hearts these next 40 days. Humble us and remind us of your of our humanity so that we might better serve the lost and worship with all gladness and thanksgiving. Amen. The body of our Lord Jesus in Christ, broken for you, preserve you blameless until everlasting life. Eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you and be thankful. blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, shed for you, preserve you blameless until everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ died for you, and be thankful. As we close this service, I will offer up a benediction, and then there will be one last song that will play. As it plays, Allow your heart to one more time give thanks to God, to repent, to be in reverence. And as the song plays, you are dismissed. Go in the humble knowledge of your humanity and your need for a Savior. But also go in the, help, in the hopeful expectation that God makes beautiful things out of the ashes and dust of this world. Go in peace.
Well.